Welcome to AWS She Builds Tech Skills with your hosts, Maya and May. Hello, everyone. Welcome to AWS She Builds Tech Skills, episode 2022. 2022? I think we're in 2023. I know. <laughs> we're in 22, um, right? <laughs> it's episode 20. We have come a long way. So, 2022 episode. Um, Shebel's Tech Skills, if you haven't seen our previous episode, Shebel's Tech Skill is all about showcasing women in technology, um, all the awesome demos, technical projects that they're working on, and we are here to showcase. And my name is Mai. My name is May, and I'm a solutions architect from Amazon Web Services. Mai, do you want to introduce yourself? Hey, Ryan, my name's Mai, um, and May is over there. Oh, what's happened here? Uh, <laughs> hopefully you can still see me. Uh, yeah, so what's been happening in the last couple of weeks, May? So I have a bit of a technical issue, so I'm going to let you to take over and I'll be back in 20 seconds. So this yeah, is live, no as you can see. <laughs> yeah, so what's been happening these days? So May and I have been working on the AWS DevOps uh, professional certification and uh, we're doing this awesome show with our uh, training and certification uh, trainer Harrison and we've got this awesome show that will help you get DevOps professional certified so how about that that uh, and that's coming up uh, next Tuesday in uh, well, what time what time is that show next Tuesday in Australian Eastern Standard Time yes so I'm back, by the way. <laughs> you know what happened? Because in the room, there is no movement in the room and the light switch off automatically. So that's why I gone dark. <laughs> are you in the so, office, man, or you're at I'm home? In the, I'm in the office today. Ah, so I see. That's why. Um, so apologies. <laughs> and at least you know this is happening live. Um, so what we've been working on, so the like mine mentions, we've been working on the DevOps professional certification show. So this is a brand new show and I just dropped the link uh, in the chat as well. So TNC training and certification team, uh, they have been launching a lot of uh, new shows on the certification and exam prep. So if you're interested, if you're prepared, preparing for the exam, um, go and check it out. And our new show is coming next week. Monday, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. It will be um, 10 a.m. in Australia, New Zealand time. No, not yeah, New Zealand so time, Australia super, time. Yeah, we're super excited. And, um, yeah, let's go engage with all the audience, right, May? Um, where is everyone tuning in from? We'd love to know. Uh, obviously, May and I are based in Australia. But whereabouts are you tuning in from? Love to hear from you, even if, even if you're a first-time uh, Twitch viewer, uh, yeah, come and join us in the chat and we'll be asking a lot of questions to our guests today, uh, which we'll talk about in just a second. But, yeah, let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Where, yeah. yeah. So we have, we've been, yeah, so uh, we, we've been joining from Australia. We have a lot of guests um, across the world. We also have, you know, the audience joining from across the world. So let's, let us know where you're joining from. Uh, today, we have a very special topic. 
generative AI. Everyone has been talking about it. So very excited to talk about, you know, what is happening in the space? What are the other customers are doing and how AWS is helping customers in this space? So. Yes, so generative AI, um, I've been talking to a lot of my customers around generative AI, and it is a really interesting topic. Everyone seems to be developing a new feature around generative AI. Um, and yeah, I think for my customers, uh, it's a variety of use cases, including chatbots and uh, you know internal use cases as well. Yep. Um, how to summarize text with internal and external documents. Um, what about call centers, uh, transcription, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So that, it's I'm all happening. I'm going to in the chat. Like, have anyone tried generative AI? I'm sure most of you have tried. <laughs> so, have anyone experienced or play around with generative AI? Yeah, I certainly have. Um, I've created some awesome artwork for my mother for Mother's Day, um, and it was a oh. hit. So, yeah, That's what about awesome. you, May? Well, there are, you know, when something news comes out, you just try it out you know, in terms of like, um, I've tried summarizations, you know, you give some a few prompts of a few instructions on how to do it. And it gave a really nice summary of uh, a report or a nice summary of a news or something like that. So it's, um, it's a lot of use cases and a lot of customers are exper experimenting with this new technology. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, before we go into the topic at hand in, in depth, I just wanted to mention one more thing. So what's happening, uh, especially around Australia, right? So we have a Kubernetes Community Day coming up uh, in Sydney uh, and uh, the AWS crew will be there uh, because we're gold sponsors. So, you know, if you're based in Australia somewhere and you're a Kubernetes fan, love to see you there. Are you are you going there, Mike? Uh I hope to go there. Uh, we'll see around the travel side of things, but um, yeah. yeah, I would love to be I think there. Kubernetes is a really, um, it's a great topic and a lot of customer has been, you know, building on AWS using Kubernetes or like containers in general. And um, it, it has been, I guess, like a lot of my customers also experimenting around moving or modernization in the container space so that's going to be a really great show yeah absolutely and i still see some you know cross-functional areas between aiml workloads and containers um you know i think we work hand in hand right because you need yeah. some kind of infrastructure in order to to train your like model compute. yeah computers yeah. definitely necessary so you know you need to have some kind of yeah application function running on For computers, sure. uh, containers, computers, containers. Ah, too early in the morning. <laughs> you yeah. probably need a coffee um, yeah. or a tea. <laughs> All right, shall we, do you, do you want to introduce the guests for this episode? Yeah. Sure. So uh, today we have our special guest, Melanie Lee, who is a senior specialist uh, AI ML uh, technical account manager. So I'll let Melanie introduce herself. Welcome, Melanie. Hey, everyone. Good morning. Thanks, Mai and May, for inviting me to this session. This is awesome. And my name is Melanie. I'm an AML specialist technical manager based out of Sydney. So in my role, 
I normally help our enterprise support customers focusing on their operational excellence uh, for any of their AIML workloads. So I help customers throughout the APJC region, uh, like who are enterprise support customer, of course, and uh, basically anything regarding their architecture design, regarding the use of um, like our AIML services. And also I was a SageMaker SME uh, subject matter experts uh, in my previous kind of uh, life when I was working in premium support in AWS and outside of AWS, I've been working as a senior data scientist in the uh, um, uh, financial and also retail industry. Fantastic. May, do you want to kick off with some uh, questions related to uh, career? Yeah. So, Melanie, you have been with AWS for a few, you know, quite a quite a long time. So, I just, I guess, like my question is like, how how do you get into this industry, and what was your experience like? Okay. Uh, yeah. Sure. So, I actually. Um, I started my research kind of, I did my master research and also um, PhD in machine learning and also computer science. And then when I was doing my um, like PhD interns in one of the uh, financial company in Australia, and I got this opportunity to actually join AWS premium support team uh, to basically help our customers and on the like any technical issues regarding SageMaker. So that's the first time when I actually get into learning about SageMaker, where our premium support team is a very highly technical team, and we're focusing yeah. on the platform and also helping our customer with any of the SageMaker related um, uh, queries. So that's where I got my SageMaker SME as well. And then I, I joined amazing. another like, yeah, retail company as a data scientist there. And then to building on some real world applications to helping uh, the, the, the royalty program, things like that, recommender system. So that's where I kind of uh, sharpening my skills on the data science and MLOs and things. And after that, I joined back AWS um, to my yeah. current team. And this is where I actually can apply my knowledge that again from the premium support team about the service and also my knowledge in the real world kind of uh, data science and machine learning applications to help customer to basically share my knowledge and then learning from my customer as well from the ML ops yeah. and also from the data processing and, and all the work like kind of life cycle about machine learning. Yeah. That's that's cool. So for the audience who don't know what SageMaker means, Melanie, would okay. you be able to give us like one liner of what is SageMaker? And yeah, what SageMaker. Is yeah, absolutely. Thanks, May. So SageMaker is our fully managed machine learning platform where we help customers. They can easily build, train, and deploy their machine learning um, projects in the cloud with all the security and governance uh, handled by the cloud. So it's basically removes all the heavy lifting from customer needing to manage and build their own infrastructure and then can quickly kind of accelerate their machine learning project from ideation to production. Yeah. I Amazing. hope that summary Thank kind of covers. You. That's a great summary. <laughs> um, so today we have, you know, a little bit of a demo, a little bit of a theory around generative AI with SageMaker. So we're going to go that in a minute. Um, before that, um, Mai, do you have another question for yeah, Melanie? Um, so I know AIML and especially generative AI is a hot topic right now. And I'm sure there's a lot of people trying to uh, get better in that space. Um, what advice would you give to uh, those people wanting to be in the AIML space? Yeah. 
That's an excellent question. Thanks, Mai. So yeah, this is a very big topic. I'll say now everybody's talking about generative AI and also like um, we would like to help uh, our customers or anyone who want to get kind of join this domain. So um, I think May later on, like we'll share a link that is basically one of the AWS course that we recently launched from Coursera, uh, which is a very popular machine learning learning platform. And then that is the course about specifically about uh, gender AI and how to use large language model. And then you will be able to have some hands-on. I think that's that's basically one of the easy way to quickly help you to get get into this this field. And also, um, I'll say try with our uh, kind of easy to use um, machine learning platform like the SageMaker Jumpstart. Quickly get you started with all the uh, a lot of the popular open source model without you to need to basically manage all the infras or like deployment yourself, you can quickly one click launch the, the, the open source models on SageMaker and start exploring or building your applications. All right, we've got yeah. an audience question here from Rup Rupla. Yeah. Um, so what about for complete newbies like, uh, like themselves? And you know, you can put me in that category as well. So where do you start with AIML? Um, if you are a complete newbie, would that Coursera course be a little bit advanced for those folks? Or I think, um, let's say this way, that course actually designed for um, anyone who wants to learn because um, they, when generative AI comes, like when we say large language model or foundation model, it comes like you can, it, it is actually designed to help with multiple different type of machine learning problems without you to be, to the, the need to, fine-tune or train your own model. So that model is already kind of the, a lot of the open source model is actually comes with uh, the ability that you can directly deploy and start using. But then like the learning may now focus more later on, we'll talk about like a, like a, how to customize the solution or how to build the application, leveraging the out of the box, like large language model. For example, you may want to consider prompt engineering. You may consider all the elements, all the tools around the, the building the application using large language model like LangChain and uh, uh, even our AI services, which is just API-based. So it can easily get you quickly uh, like accelerated on this journey. But if you do want to learn a bit more about the machine learning and AI services, we do have uh, a lot of resources actually uh, available on AWS um, learning platform as well. And also thinking about we have that machine learning specialty certificate and we have that uh, learning certificate team like uh, like May and my at, at the beginning that you mentioned that we have all the different programs that can actually help you and the resources help you online. It's very easy to find. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, May, do you want to take this question? Yeah, this is a very interesting. Thanks for the answer. I hope, Rupla, that answered your question. So I think it's like machine learning and AIML is a very broad topic and it's involved a lot of knowledge and experience. So it's, a, it's definitely a journey. So whether you take the certification or you understand, um, you you know polish on the understanding of what it really means and apply to the the real world examples. I think that's how the, the journey should go, in my opinion. I think this is a really interesting question from Vegetarian. Can SageMaker help me create something like ChatGPT? I think you probably get a lot of questions, Melanie, like this. <laughs> what do you reckon? Yeah. 
Um, actually, we do have customers like already building their own chatbot using leveraging the power of uh, like uh, the machine learning platform and then the open source models. Because yeah. one thing that we want to highlight is that SageMaker, we have a very close relationship with uh, collaboration with Hugging Face. So any of the Hugging Face models, like the popular uh, open source models that you can see there, you can easily deploy on SageMaker. And then like today, actually later on, I'll show you the uh, one of the simple example that to show you how actually I build uh, a multifunctional chatbot uh, on SageMaker. And then I'm just using SageMaker Studio as to build a UI. But that is basically kind of a, 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 um, a, a experimental kind of demo. But then when you want to actually yeah. build uh, the application to facing your customers that you can leveraging our serverless or like uh, all the different AWS tools that to help you to make it into production. This one, maybe my, you will be, you will have more experience, right? You help your customer to build the chatbot on, on AWS, right? Leveraging some of the service. You are the service expert. Do you want to add uh, some more um, data points to this? Well, actually, I was helping my customer with uh, one of your solutions on GitHub, um, Melody. So uh, <laughs> um, I think it's an awesome solution. And uh, yeah, uh, as long as we can get, quickly get our customers started um, and, you know, using some of the tooling, you know, that they're comfortable with, right? So um, that's why I was saying, you know, have, using containers in that space is always, um, I think it's a plus for those that are new to that space, especially if you're looking at uh, DevOps people, uh, developers okay. uh, who are not yeah. necessarily in the uh, data engineering, machine learning uh, space. So um, I'm definitely in that camp. <laughs> so, and looking at the, another question here, Nginx79, can SageMaker help me win the lottery? What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I hope that SageMaker can, but like uh, SageMaker is more like a machine learning platform. That's where I see the most value or the value proposition where SageMaker is at because it has all the functionality. I'll say it has the depth and breadth of covering all the machine learning uh, resource or like, like the, the platform need that to give you the fully managed platform. So you don't really need to worry about setting up your EC2 or the serverless infra where SageMaker can easily help you to basically handle that part. And then you can only focus on your application when you want to build application like my mate, like it can easily integrate with all our serverless like uh, uh, EKS, ECS or Fargate and build the front end, build your chatbot. And then in the back end, SageMaker would be the back end brand that you just directly make <laughs> API calls to the service, yeah. like SageMaker endpoint to basically give you the answer. But then when ask SageMaker to help you win the lottery, I think <laughs> that would be something like not any machine learning model will be able to do that. I'll say otherwise that like, everyone would be using that and then the lottery wouldn't be a lottery anymore. <laughs> but I hope that one day that we can have some special tricks that can help me to get more money from the lotters. <laughs> Maybe we can ask what's the winning number to the SageMaker and it will <laughs> gave us the number. Uh, yeah. We have um, a few questions on the career and then we can jump on to the demo right after this. Mm -hmm. Um, there's another question from Rupla saying, what's the typical prerequisite to get into AI ML space? I'll say now as the general AI model or the foundation model has really lowered the bar to enter this space yep. 
and maybe uh, you just need to basically get some uh, basic understanding in machine learning and understanding. We have a lot of enablement, actually. We run for our customers, to, and also there are so many online resources to talk about what is generative AI, and then how can you start it. And then if you want to start building, and then SageMaker, like our jumpstart, we have all the different easy like to use tools that can get you quickly started. And um, and like today, actually, we're going to show you how easy that you can get started and some of the available tools and resources. And we have so many AWS blogs about the generative AI, a large language model. And also uh, we have some amazing like AWS Amazonians, I'll say, building the solutions like every day that we are seeing new resources coming available. So that's why definitely follow um, our AWS resources and then follow us on LinkedIn and we will share the latest news that can easily get you, continuously get you kind of new information and get you started. Yeah, yeah just and hands on where you can, right? And um, speaking yes, of definitely. LinkedIn, we've got a... <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> hi, Harrison. Thanks for watching us. Um, I'm definitely not a serverless sage, but thank you anyway. <laughs> Thanks for watching our show. And uh, Harrison is our um, other... Uh, hosts where uh, May and I and Harrison were both, uh, we're all hosting the DevOps Pro Show. Um, next week. Our hour. Next week. So stay so tuned. So I just dropped the link. If you haven't signed up for the DevOps profession, DevOps uh, engineer show, just drop the link in the chat if you can sign up and see all the things action next week. Cool. Um, should we move on to the demo, get hands on and get see the, the real thing that's happening? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. All right. Um, now let me just walk you through the demo. So first we'll look at what, what we're going to uh, build, all right? So this is the multifunctional chatbot. And you can see in the back end, actually, I have a few, uh, like in the foundation model domain, we have different use cases. We have the text-to-text, -text, which is what you have commonly heard about, like, for example, Falcon, and also, for example, the Llama 2 that was just released two days ago. And those are text-to-text, -text, which means you input the text, like what I do now. Um, I have some pre-prepared uh, prompts. So I'm asking the, the model to to talk about like what does it think like if this is a negative neutral or positive that you can see mm -hmm. the model was able to say okay this is a ne negative um, like sentiment and then yeah. because in this chatbot actually i use launch and also with its memory um, buffer function so it was able to remember the previous conversation now i just continuously uh, ask another question um what like i want the bot to help me to write a uh, kind of response message and you can see the bot was able to write something that really kind of um, uh, con considering the customer's situation and then suggesting some something that we can help the customer so this is the text to text and then this this model actually behind the scene I'm actually running a Falcon 7b which is not a very big model and uh, now um, because this bot that I built also can leverage other like a, like foundation models. So if you have heard about Bleep2, which is a multimodality model, that when we say multimodality, that means like it cannot like cannot only take text but also image. So here, this image actually is generated by stable diffusion. 
this is the AI generated image. So everything that we show today is so kind that's of not like real. Leveraging, <laughs> yeah, not real. This is not real. But you can see how stable diffusion was able to. If you are aware, well, stable diffusion is basically a text to image. So I put in some prompts. I say generate a car crash and then whatever. <laughs> it's just generating this crash image for me. And now I'm asking this uh, the Bleep2 model to basically, I can chat with my image. I'll say, oh, actually, I have some pre-prepared, pre some prompt. Uh, give me a, a caption. So Bleep2 is really good at like generating some caption for this image. So, so how many cars do you see in the image? So it's Nine kind of cent. like analyzing yeah. the the image and it, it's able to yeah it's able if to, you want to, yeah. to have a look at um, bleep two uh, hugging face so this is bleep two op six seven I use two dot seven and then this is basically the concept about um, this this model let me just share with you the link uh, may feel free to share with the audience and uh, also um, like well I'm just wanting to make sure that we're not really kind of pre prepared the, the, the chat. I want to show you what's happening in the behind the scenes. So you can see I actually hosting this chatbot on my SageMaker Studio. And then you can see the this the, the input actually getting a sent to the backend model and then it is generating the output live. Okay. And besides that, what else can we do? Now let me clear the conversation. Let's switch to okay. another model. Uh, yeah, it's not just Please one function. Ahead. So you can do like, you know, yeah, it's for example, feedback and sentiment on the feedback, uh, image analysis or image generation. Like so a lot yes. of functions. There that this are, yeah, there are different endpoints. I'll show you what's behind the scene. So there are a few SageMaker endpoints that was actually hosted in my SageMaker. So right. whenever there is a new kind of uh, I I in my uh, script basically I have this um, kind of I will decide if this is an image then like making sure the session is computer vision when it's audio the session I'll say it's audio uh, or if it's just text it will be an NLP and then based on my session option I will call the corresponding endpoint, which means the request will be sending to the different endpoint instead of just one. But then now this is the audio. This audio is what I recorded myself talking about digital assets. So now um, I like this, when I upload the audio behind the scene, it will automatically do transcribe. So transcribe the audio file into text. So this is the text that it has recognized from the audio file. So now, I will now switch to an NLP model. It will be used, you can see it says currently using an NLP model. It will summarize this and then like combining the question, what does this file say? Summarize in one sentence. And um, yeah, so it, it is able to continue the conversation then because we yeah. have changed that audio into text, it kind of switch into the, the NLP model, which is the Falcon Summon B and to continue the conversation. And this is uh, chatting with the audio file. And also like uh, you can do a video file and where it can just extract the video conversation for you. The last yeah, one just, that uh, we will show. Just, yep. Just going back to the transcription part of uh, the uh, mm. component. Um, is that done with an Amazon transcribe or uh, is- You can use Amazon transcribe. 
Definitely, mm. because our transcribe is just AI, AI, like it's an AI service. It's just make an API and then it will be able to give you the result. But in my demo, because I want to show the, the, the possibility of all using SageMaker with open source model, I actually mm. hosted this model. Um, like I hosted this open source uh, Whisper model. So, uh, sorry, there is this. So there is a Whisper 2, large V2, which is the open source model. So uh, from Jumpstart. So I, it's very easy. You just use the Jumpstart provided link later on. I'll show you the code and be easily deployed on SageMaker. So now I'm now showing a Amazon Q1 financial report. Um, like I sent the file. So basically now we're demonstrating how you can talk chat with the document. So without me going through the document at all, I want the chatbot yeah. to basically help me to summarize. Tell me what this document is talking about. Now extract some import like some some detailed data from the document so this is the the value you can basically validate our q1 document is public so you can validate whether it is extracting the correct information but i can tell you it is and now we can also ask something uh, about the board based on the the financial report now give me a um like like how do you see the future of amazon I like how it summarizes. Overall, I'm optimistic <laughs> about Amazon's future. That's <laughs> Prospect. Yeah. Um, yes. Because, like, and, uh, you know, I can see the benefits yeah. of, like, if you have a large documents and you don't want to go through, like, I don't know, 100 or 200 pages, um, you can just put it in the, you know, chatbot yeah. or summarization model and then give you a summary of what does it like with without actually have to go through everything. So there are a lot yeah. of use cases around that. Um, yes. I exactly. do have one question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> Mai, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, so Melanie, there's a LinkedIn user. Can I ask you how you usually solve the cold start issue and serverless inference on SageMaker? And that's a good question. So serverless inference is one of the SageMaker hosting options. So SageMaker hosting have four options. One is real-time, one is asynchronous inference, one is serverless, one is batch inference. So with serverless inference at the moment, uh, we don't really support GPU, which means you may not be able to uh, like basically host the, the large language model, which requires the GPU compute resource to be able to yeah. run the model on. But then um, like, so behind the scenes serverless, basically you can consider similarly as how you work with Lambda. So my, you have like a lot of experience of working with Lambda. So it will have the kind of initial start when the resource, because serverless endpoint is the best use case is that when there's no invocation request comes in, there's no charge because the, the behind the scene, the resource, the compute resource is not running all the time, right? So only when the request comes in and then we will kind of provision the resources, compute resources needed for you. And then for SageMaker, uh, when you launch endpoint, as we know, it's basically the model. There will be a serve endpoint or hosting hosting uh, container, sorry, the container. We Everything is actually still running in the container. It's just that we serverless, we kind of running the container in the serverless compute resource. So when the request comes in and we, the, 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 like the SageMaker service will spin up the necessary resource, download the container, load the model. So there will be a code start for that yeah. specific use case. So how, so, with that said, what are the common use cases for serverless inference? Serverless inference would be more suitable for the use cases that is tolerant to this kind of code start. Mm -hmm. 
or if you are aware, because once the resource comes in, the, the compute resource behind the scene or the service compute resource behind yeah. the scene will be available for a short period of time. So like five to 10 minutes. I haven't really yeah. checked how specific, exactly how long that period would be, but then the resource will still be available. So when the next request comes in, if that resource is there, and then you will not really have the cold start issue. So which means you can either think about like uh, whether provision, like keeping, like if you know, pre-know that there will be resources coming and then you can sort of getting started earlier. But then if your request, like if your use case do require low latency, cannot tolerate with code start, maybe serverless may not be the good resources for you, but then you can think about with real-time endpoint, but then configure with auto-scaling because SageMaker real-time endpoint uh, is has built-in functionality that you can easily configure auto-scaling where you scale up when the uh, request, like uh, the, the payload comes more, like like a bigger request, heavier request, and then it can scale down like to the minimum kind of compute resources needed when the request comes lower. So with that case, it's actually the best way to actually uh, cost optimize like your endpoint mm. compute resources. That's a really awesome uh, answer, Melody. And um, just generally around Lambda cold starts, um, have a look at um, Snap Start as well. So uh, there is a Snap Lambda Snap Start workshop that's available for everyone to, to have a go. Um, it's generally based for applications that are written in Java. Uh, there's also Lambda power tuning um, tools available as well. So I'll try and post that link if I can find it somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, we have our last feature demo for this one because now, like, I don't know whether everyone have heard about the retrieval augmented generation, which is basically when you ask a question because we know one of the common problem with large language model is is hallucination, and hallucination is that the 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 when we ask the question, the model would always try to give some response, and that response may not sometimes be hundred percent like accurate or tr based on the true results, and also. A common scene pro, uh, uh, like a scenario is that like language models are trained with the data that is been feeding to it. So sometimes the, the the certain data may not really be up to date. But then you cannot really afford always fine tuning your model based on new data. That would be a lot of cost. So one of the ways to customize your foundation model would be using like we see when we give a document is like we're providing additional context and then the and then we ask. The model to answer certain things based on that context. So that's a similar idea of using RAG or retrieval augmented generation. So which means we give additional context when trying to get the model to answer certain questions. So when I click on use knowledge base, behind the scene, it basically will use the RAG solution. So the knowledge base that I get for this bot was basically something that uh, uh, we, we use the transcribe functionality to to convert some of the video file into a uh, like a text, but that text basically the example was actually I read some SageMaker document <laughs> and then recorded myself as the original source and then be able to convert that into chunks of information, and that information is basically talking about um, a the the SageMaker recommended way about prompt engineering about our foundation model things like that. And you can see I was asking about the the how to customize the foundation model 
what are the optimized way. So you can see it also give the original data source. These are the video transcribed file and even with the timestamp that I, when I transcribing it. So it was talking about, okay, you can use prompt engineering, but if we don't use reg, if we don't use this knowledge base, let me untick that. And then I'll just ask the question again. And let's see, like without the knowledge base, what does the model say? So you can see the recommended way is start by understanding. So it's not really what we want, right? We really want something that it can provide the answer based on our document, which has the clear information about that information. Now let's try, um, uh, does fine tuning change the weight of the model? And that's another, let's see whether it will be able to give us the, the exact part of the information where my original, yes, basically, it was able to answer the question based on the document that is the SageMaker document. And um, what about, like, there are ways that you can help. What if the customer asking some questions that is not really related with the document? Because the document, like I said, is more about fine training the large language model, the from engineering that from SageMaker document. So I was actually adding some additional, like, small tricks there to basically ask the large language model to validate whether like it's kind of a sanity check, which is basically learned from our EMEA data, uh, like applied science team who built a, um, a POC for one customer. They basically use a similar technique to re-ask the question to the model again. Can you validate whether this answer or is generated from that source? If it's not, because the answer the model gonna give me will be yes, like which country, like it will be talking about China, but then because that, that is not really related with the SageMaker source that it's retrieved, right? So it will, I'll say the model say, no, it's like tell the respond with, sorry, there's not enough answer. So this is one of the small tricks or ticks that you can basically control the, the, the hallucination or some of the scenarios that uh, it might be uh, uh, like uh, used for um, a small technique, but then you also need to validate and test yourself. So there are so many things, to be honest, like generative AI, is, we are still in the very early stage. And then there are so many things that we can explore and try out. Yeah. So I'll say it will not really stop here. And this is just the one simple demo. And it will definitely uh, require uh, like uh, more exploration. And we would like to hear from you as well. If you have a good example, we want to learn from the field team, from everybody like who are exploring this domain. And that's how we actually building a more healthy and also a very rich community and to help the, the technology evolve. So with that said, I'll give you a big because we already seen what it looks like, but how did I build it or how can you build it? So yeah. behind the scene, I'm using um, like, I'll say uh, Streamlit, which is the basically powering the UI. Streamlit is one of the open source tool that you can easily build a UI. And I basically run Streamlit on SageMaker Studio. And then when you use SageMaker Studio, you can basically change the lab into proxy and then to the port that you basically hosted this Streamlit application on. And then behind the scene, like I said, you've seen the models that I, I deployed. I use Bleep, I use Falcon, and I uh, also I have an embedding model. And I didn't draw the Whisper model there, but of course you can extend the model list to whatever you want, right? And then they basically, when you upload a document, it will um, uh, 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 put it into memory, chat to the uh, NLP model. When you put an image, you will be able to chat with the Bleep model 
and also like uh, with a rack solution, as we know, if you are not really familiar with retrieval augmented generation, I would strongly uh, recommend search for some of the resources in our AWS blog. We have some very good blog talking about retrieval augmented generation and how you can implement it. And in this example, I basically deployed this embedding model from SageMaker Jumpstart, one click deploy, very easy. And then um, like it will be able to convert the documents into embeddings and store. I use the long chains memory base because my file is really small. So I was able to host it just in memory and then providing the, the index. So when users asking a question, it will go through the embedding uh, model again and then like do the search. And then the search will be able to retrieve the original relevant document used as additional context and put it through Lanchain. Lanchain, Lanchain is the open source um, kind of tool that actually help you to quickly build application around the large language model. And Lanchain has that StageMaker endpoint function. So that is a very important function where you can uh, easily define um, like the API to be sent to StageMaker. So this is the function, it's called StageMaker endpoint. So I can just specify the endpoint name, region, and content handler. Basically, the content handler will tell me how do I handle the input, and once I get the output, how do I kind of pass the output? So that as easy as that. We have so many examples about how to leverage StageMaker and Lanchain to build your application. So feel free to um, um, uh, explore that. And one addition oh, of RAG. Sorry. Yep. Just, just sorry. A question. Please I go ahead. StageMaker endpoints. So. Um, for those that are starting out with SageMaker, um, and uh, when I was going through SageMaker, we you know, generate all these endpoints, right? Um, I think from a newbie perspective, it's always good to monitor how long your endpoints are up, right, Melanie? Like in yep. terms of cost, um, what would you suggest for people starting out with SageMaker and they're just monitoring their costs around uh, their usage? Yes, so that's a good question. Thanks, Mike. So basically for SageMaker endpoint, one thing that you need to be uh, reminded for is that when your endpoint is up and running, and then you will be charged based on the hour and how that uh, that is running. So it's good, always good to test with smaller models or like if you like want to do some prompt engineering and then you can basically test it out uh, with one smaller model like uh, and then validate like while you're running it but once you're finishing experimenting or testing and um, do remember to like terminate your endpoint but then when you delete your endpoint you can do that basically using api or from the console but once you want to launch that endpoint the endpoint creation is very easy you just need to because we have the model and endpoint configuration already like uh, defined so you can easily uh, create an endpoint based on your previous endpoint configuration. And also we do have customer, basically you can use a Lambda to basically uh, like trigger, uh, schedule the endpoint termination or deletion of your endpoint at certain time of the day. And also next day before you get start back to work on your project, you can use the event bridge based event to trigger that Lambda to create an endpoint. So when you go back online, you can start using that but that's a very good call my so be mindful about the cost but on another hand i'll say when when you actually starting your workload the real workload we understand that if you are using an api based solution the more api you make the more cost it will become 
But then with SageMaker endpoint, the thing is like you can use our inference recommender to basically test a recommendation job. And that will be able to recommend a particular GPU instance, how much it costs per hour. This works perfectly well. And actually in this GitHub uh, example, in one of the section in the notebook, I'll show you how to launch a recommender job. So you will be able to evaluate, okay, this is Falcon 40B, uh, 7B, and then I'm using a G5 2X, and then this is how much it will cost per hour. And then 1 million inference. This is 1 million inference request, but actually with per hour cost. And also you can have the max invocation per, this is per minute. And then with that, I also have the calculation uh, in this notebook. Uh, I'll go to that section. So in this notebook, you will be able to calculate what, like with a full capacity, let's say at least that you are having 80 invocations per Per minute when you're actually launching think about you're launching your applications online and then you will be able to calculate so this is a simple calculation per 1k token i can share with you the result based on my test in my environment so per 1k token because i would actually sending 1500 tokens per invocation so if you have that rough number and also how many invocations per per minute and also with the per hour cost you will be able to calculate per, per 1K token, it was about $0.0002. That's a really, like, <laughs> when you very, have enough location yeah. like the coming in, like, the, the cost per 1K token is really low. That could be really so useful, where, like, yeah, yeah, the inference recommendation and also the pricing. So you can kind mm. of get the estimate of how much, like, with that cost and... Uh, what's involved in the cost contributors when you are, you know, doing a POC or testing it out. So um, thanks for sharing that. No worries. And uh, I'll say like, um, definitely um, there will be, because no matter what you do, there will be some kind of cost. But then in the long run, when you're thinking about uh, serving your applications in scale, and then there are going to be a lot of API calls made, and also you need to invoke mm. the endpoint. And also hosting SageMaker endpoint, you don't really need to worry about like uh, making uh, multiple invocations to the endpoint because the endpoint is always there. So yeah. like when when you host the endpoint, you are making 10 invocations, you're making 20 or 80 invocations. It will be just the costing based on the compute resources, not based on the APIs that you made. So that is one yeah. thing why like sometimes we think, okay, when it goes to the application and hosting your own, own endpoint sometimes can be more cost efficient. Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for pointing those out. Uh, I actually, I learned something new today on the the inference recommendation. So um, I haven't seen it before, but uh, it can be really ha like handy for customer or building a business case, you know understanding what sort of instance do they need, how much it will cost, and how can they uh, control the cost before it's blow out, you know, while you are building it out, uh, but also having that visibility on um, the service that they're using. Exactly. And uh, by the way, the inference recommender can be worked with any model, not only the foundation model, any model okay. that you, you can bring your own model into SageMaker. You can basically use the model trend on SageMaker, and then it can be your any like uh, your use cases, like 
uh, like a churn, churn um, like detection, customer churn detection, fraud detection, and then like a classification. Basically anything. Like if you want to host your model on SageMaker, you want to understand like what will be the cost, yeah. what other you can put on a few instance types, and then you ask inference recommender to do the load testing for you to recommend. Yeah, it can recommend based on your preference whether you want yeah. high throughput. You want low latency. It basically gives you a lot of insights about the model performance in production, like uh, like you can yeah. see here, uh, like the 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 invocations, model latencies, and these are the things that because I previously before we have inference recommender, actually I helped customer to set up load testing myself. Uh, it's not a very yeah. easy to do job because you need to test no. different. But now, now you're like the, the inference recommender is one of the services I really like because it actually removes That's a lot awesome. of heavy lifting that I need to do by myself and very easy to set. And the cost for inference recommender job, because behind the scene, what happens is that if you launch ephemeral endpoint, for example, if you launch one endpoint temporarily based on the configuration, do the load testing for a few minutes and then making sure that it gets the correct data, terminate it. So the cost of a whole like inference recommender job, depending on the instance you use, depending on how long it run, it probably just be a couple dollar, like maybe one or two yeah. dollar or so. So it's it's very, I'll say using inference recommender job and it's very easy and uh, cost yeah. effective. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. useful for the long run, right? So yeah, yeah. it's worth the couple of dollars for the long run. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. So what else do we have, Melanie, or are we going to wrap up here? <laughs> yeah, I want to just highlight some of the resources, uh, especially want to highlight the announcement that we did like just two days ago, as we probably have heard uh, the, the big blush about this news about Llama, uh, which is the model that created by Meta that is available. And, and right on the day Llama 2 was available, we actually also making it available on SageMaker Jumpstart. And we already having customer testing it when we're actually running a workshop with them the day before and then they basically test they are the first group of customer testing it, and then they are very excited and say wow llama 2 was just available and now like you can already just one click deployment i'll show you and then on sage maker studio and under jumpstart and you can see you can configure the resources they want to use and then one click deploy as easy as that yeah. and i have already That's tested it easy. and then if you're yeah. interested yeah, and then you can. We also have this run notebook, and to basically show you how you get started and to test with the llama. And also, you can use this notebook to to uh, launch llama step by step with the instructions. Mm -hmm. And also, you can see the test use cases and very easily to help you to start building to get you started with uh, like building. Additionally, as we mentioned, because we had very good uh, kind of collaboration with Hugging Face. So now this hacking phase uh, has introduced their specific large language model inference container. It's called TGI. And that with a few lines of code, you can see these are the popular open source models that you can easily deploy on SageMaker. I'll show you one of the Falcon 7B. You go to deploy, and then you click on SageMaker. These are the few lines of showing you SageMaker SDK. So you can just copy and paste them into your studio or your local environment, and you will be able to launch the endpoint on SageMaker hosting and to be able to perform invocation. You can start building your applications on top of that. It just makes it so much easier to get started. Like for people like me who don't have much experience on the SageMaker or AIML background, um, it just keep lowering the barrier to get into, you know, 
play around with these models, understand more about it and be able to, um, you know, absorb this kind of knowledge and be applied it. So uh, absolutely. So we've got yeah, a question. Absolutely. Thanks. So yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, is it correct to assume that this architecture works well with serverless architectures and web apps from Regex Generator? Yeah, thanks for the question. I think that basically you are asking about the serverless to take, like basically you're hosting your web location on serverless. And uh, like we see in the architecture, basically these part is totally an even long chain. This whole part can totally be implemented in the serverless. Like you can implement it on Lambda, you can implement it on felt like Fargate or EKS. Basically, how you want to serve your application in front of your customer, that's under your control. It doesn't really have anything to do with machine learning, let's say that way. But then so that's how SageMaker handles all the heavy lifting behind the scene. In addition, that's one part I forgot to mention. The rack solution, if you don't really want to go through creating your own embedding, creating your own vector DB, we have the perfect AI service, which is called Kendra. And then also we have this uh, blog post about how to build high accurate generative AI applications on enterprise data using Kendra, Launchchain, large language model. That is so easy to get you started. So uh, in this workshop, actually, we had the second lab and we built using Kendra. And also, um, you can, Kendra has the ability that when you actually add in new data sources, you can easily do a sync from Kendra. It will be quickly sync up the new documentation and made it available for your application. So your rack or your retrieval component would always be up to date. So very easily. I would definitely recommend like a read a bit on this blog post and understand how Kendra can easily get you started and remove all the heavy lifting of building your own uh, rack solution. Yeah, thanks for that, Melanie. Um, May, do you want to talk about this? Yeah. So this sessions, we have a few users from LinkedIn, like, you know, commenting. So really appreciate that whoever watching on the LinkedIn, we can't see the handles, but appreciate you watching on the LinkedIn as well. So Melanie, they are enjoying the sessions, great content and call out for Nadia from LinkedIn uh, watching on the session. Um, it's about Lama. Can you please share the blog post that you're talking about? Yeah, the Lama 2 blog. I just uh, posted um, on the chat. May do mind to help to forward yeah. that blog post link to the audience. Share yeah. that. Awesome. So hopefully everyone's get a bit of understanding of the SageMaker, uh, a little bit of AIML, see the demos of, you know, some of the cool things Melanie has built. So really appreciate spending the time. And Melanie, thank you for the thank you for the demo and going through all the details and all the exciting things that is happening in the generative AI space. Um, for just to close out, Melanie, uh, do you have any last word that you want to mention to the viewers who are watching on the stream, um, uh, starting out the journey in the in this space? Um, first of all, thanks for having me, and I really enjoy the session. And this is a great session. I hope, like everyone, like watching the whole series, would I'm definitely sure that they are learning a lot from our all, all, all like awesome hosts. And then looking forward to. Uh, like the future sessions and for the audience who want to really start with your generative AI journey uh, do keep an eye out on our new blog post that will we, we continuously building new information and also definitely reach out 
to, to our AWS kind of um, like colleagues and uh, whoever you have in the AWS contact because in 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 within the AWS like we are actually investing heavily on our time on helping our customer and also helping them to remove all the heavy liftings that you um, you need to build your applications and then getting the your generative AI applications out there and into production and we are looking forward to actually working with you and definitely go build with AWS today. Amazing, thank you. Thanks, Why do you Melody. want to close out? Yeah, sure. So thank you everyone for watching our AWS Eagles Tech Skills show. Uh, we are also uh, streaming on podcasts every week and that's global. We have a global cohort of hosts and awesome guests as well. Uh, and we've had a few generative AI sessions as well, based in uh, North America and uh, India as well. Yep. So uh, please go and check out our previous episodes uh, on YouTube and podcast on demand so and stay tuned for our next episode uh in about a month's time so thank you everyone for watching see you next time <laughs>